This is the A to Z podcast. I'm Zach Jackson. He's Andre Knott. At Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. At Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast and at A to Z podcast.com. Our longtime sponsors are Cleveland Scene, The Honeymoon Grill, and American Fireworks. We do have a new sponsor coming into the fold. We are excited to tell you more about them. But we're most excited that it's football season. And Dre, I know um, some people would say Thursday or Sunday um, when the NFL gets going. But for me, it was last Saturday. Uh, didn't make it to a high school game on Friday. Wrapped up a miserable NFL preseason on Thursday. But Saturday, just to have college football on all day, to have it back, um, that's a milestone for me. It's something that makes my old cold heart happy. It's something I really enjoyed. And I think, even though you're still in baseball season, that you agree. Oh, yeah. Um, you know the thing about football season that, 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 that got me on Saturday? Uh, was that it gave me a realism of why sports are important in so many people's lives, is that the one thing about that college, that Saturday, even though I was, you know, in Florida, even though I was at a pool hanging out like I was on vacation, and, and then there was still something about noon. At, you know, noon on Saturday, and football was on. Even though we were at this pool, we're in, you know, St. Pete, everybody's partying, but and I was making fun of Pete for his text messages and wondering how he could have an erection in Texas as much as he was texting. <laughs> Talking about Ohio State's first, like, three series. But it was funny to me because I didn't care about something like that. And then, you know, I was kind of mocking him going, man, I'm enjoying this pool as long as I can. And as soon as I said that, I looked over past this waterfall at this, at the, at this resort that we're at, and I could see the football was on. And it's a little tiki bar up the top. And, then there, and I saw that Ohio State was playing. And the one thing that I can say about football coming back, and I guess the love that I have for it and the love that most of us that are listening to this podcast are a part of it, is that, and maybe this is corny, but I really feel like this is where I'm at in life. The beginning of college football season, there's not many things that make me feel like a kid anymore. You know what I mean? It gives sure. you the joy of, of like when you were a kid. Yeah, I, think I can eat ice cream. Yeah, I can eat, you know, all the strawberry sundaes I want or whatever else. But there's nothing like something that you find that gave you joy at a young age. And the beginning of football season for me is that. Um, but you, like you, you know, you said earlier to me about how all right, Ohio State started this time, but the cool thing is by two o'clock, if you got the right channels, you can have about six, seven different games on, right? You can bounce mm-hmm. back and forth. And to me, that's the that's that's the pinnacle of being a sports fan when you just can open up this, you know, this this book of just all these football teams. My buddy Rob did say it best. He was like, ah, I don't get too excited for week one of, football, of college football. He goes, I wait till college week two. He goes, week one is a bunch of garbage games. And I go, yeah, but there's still something to me for seeing the uniforms, seeing the teams, seeing the coaches. There's something about college football that will always get me, I think. You know? No doubt. And and it's not just seeing, you know, it's the other senses too. College football is for the senses, right? If you're there, you hear the bands, right? You see the people, you see the excitement. Right. And everybody's right. undefeated. That's what makes August so great is everybody's undefeated, right? Everybody's optimistic. This year's going to be different. And then if you're FAU, you know, you got fed three shit burgers in the first three and a half minutes and, and whatever, but you knew what you were signing up for. For me, Saturday, um, I was kind of in the middle. Like, obviously, I was excited. I had some personal and some professional things to do. I was kind of taking my time. And as I'm driving home late Saturday morning, you know, 1159, I put it on and I hear Paul Kios. And all of a sudden, like, Ohio State had scored a touchdown before I even got to the next traffic light, basically. But, like, I was so at ease. Like, I wasn't – I was no longer even in a hurry. Like, I could just keep driving, right, and listen to this. Like, this this was so good. And so 
uh, came home and you know checked some other scores and had another game on and was tracking it. And the Ohio State game was twenty eight nothing like nine minutes in before I even got on to to my next stop. But it was all day long. It was great. Um, extra meaning that weekend to me because obviously when NFL Sundays start, I love it. I still feel the tingle, but it's work. So my Saturday has got to be managed a little better, right? Um, right I have to right. indulge a little less. Did I steal your word there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we laugh at our own jokes. That's what we do here on ACC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're good, though. So screw you guys. <laughs> screw indulge, you my guys. friend. Indulge. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm feeling my age. I'm limping around a little bit, but I got to say there was a natural energy jolt by just having football on, by having football back. Um, for what I do day to day, hour to hour, there's a natural energy jolt for having the miserable preseason over, for getting to turn the page, you know, roster cut down weekend. Uh, it's hard on people because it's real life emotion, real life people. Um, you know, we're usually the NFL is, is not that. Right. Um, it's it's hard on people yeah. that cover it because you're kind of scrambling on a holiday weekend dealing with uh, various things. And you don't know the Browns make a stunner of a move when it leaks out because they chose not to announce it and explain it with Greg Robinson. It turns out it was not it was procedural. It was minor. Um, you know, nothing earth shattering there. They're trying to get better. They have a good team. And, uh, you know, it's here, finally. So all the stuff, and, and I've, I've, we've done this podcast, we've launched the new Athletic Browns podcast, I've been doing radio, I've been doing other people's podcasts. It's like I'm so tired of saying the same shit over and over again because right or wrong, I don't know, there is no answer, right? It, finally, Sunday at 1 o'clock, we're going to have finally some substance to go with all this hype. Amen, hallelujah. Yeah, amen, hallelujah. You're right. I know everybody likes the podcast, but let me say something. Uh, this is about as genuine as you'll ever get from me. My apologies to, to most of you listeners. Um, we try. And I know that it's been just – it, schedules are schedules. They are what they are. When I have had the chance to have free time, my free time has been bundled by a million other things. Uh, we had a great idea for a Browns preview um, podcast, and just my schedule just hasn't, hasn't worked. Um, you guys know my schedule pretty well. And then my other schedule is trying to take care of my – Make sure my kids know who the hell I am. Make sure my wife don't leave me before our anniversary, which is this week. <laughs> uh, and also, still see my dad, my mom, my grandma, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, people that I ain't related to, but they think they related and think they can ask them for tickets whatever they think they can and think I'm just going to hand it over to them. It's been a lot this year for me. So my apologies that we haven't been able to do everything that we want to do with this podcast. Um, half of them you'll never know. Hell, three-fourths of them you'll never know. Uh, but Zach has tried to pull a lot of strings and do a lot of different things, and it just hasn't been able to work real well for me this season as, as it has in the past. Um, now, in saying all that, you hit somebody the head on the nail already. The nail was like, we, I don't even – what else can we say more about the Browns? Like, we know they're 53. Yeah. I, on one hand, I totally get why you don't play Odell, why you don't play Landry in the preseason. And then again, after I watched that third preseason game, I worry about rhythm early. But look, no offense comes out on week one hitting on all cylinders. Um, I question that a little bit, to be honest. Not the Browns, but just the league in a general. I hate four preseason games. Two would be plenty. But we got to get away that if they're going to play preseason games, you actually got to play your players. Now, in saying that, that's kind of unfair, and that's not – 
the fair way to go about it. Because I, I get it. I get wanting to walk out on opening day with my top 22. And that's very hard to get to. It's very difficult to make sure everybody's in tip-top shape on the first weekend or second weekend of September. Um, but the NFL has got to fix that problem because as excited as I am for Sunday and thir- Thursday night, I already got my night planned out. That means it'll rain all day Thursday and it'll get screwed up because that's how this baseball season is off for me. <laughs> but I got it has, man. Like, I got a great story. After, after you say this, I got a great story about uh, Thursday night football starting up this week. Um, I just I, I just worry about the offense having some rhythm. I worry about the offensive line. I worry that this offense won't be as, as potent as it can be until maybe week three or four or five. And uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I may be wrong. Baker may be that special that he doesn't need any of this extra time or extra stuff. We'll see. Well, they're going to need time, Dre. Um, offensive lines need time to click. And for those who have concerns yeah. – I share in some of them. However, it's not about having the five best offensive linemen. It's having five offensive linemen on the same page. I've learned that, right, through through, through the years. No doubt. Going all no the doubt. way back to my no dad, doubt. talking about football, trying to teach us football, to Joe Thomas watching him uh, be an outstanding player on shit teams, right, year after year <laughs> after year, um, yeah. especially in this NFL. And you're right. The preseason, it, it is you just what you have to do with that is you have to take control and do it your way and not be swayed. And I'll give I'll give Freddie that. I'll say Correct. he's 1-0 in that. He's 1-0 against Bob Wiley. Correct. And he's 1-0 in doing it his way and not caring what anybody else thought, right? Um, actually, actually, the only L he took this spring was, was fucking with Bob Wiley. Yeah. You let well, fat old people that, that yell. You let fat old people leave them to themselves. Don't kill themselves <laughs> off. As a fat old person, that's, I say, absolutely, leave me alone. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, Sean, McVay, like Sean McVay and the Rams have their yeah. way of doing it. Matt Nagy and the Bears have their way of doing it. Um, you know, I, it's necessary. Decisions have to be made. Jobs are at stake. You have to get guys in football. You have to play at full speed or close to it at some point to be to, to prepare yourselves. However, we started the show talking about college football, how much we love it, how much we are all in from kickoff yeah. one, day one. There's no preseason in major college football, right? So yeah, it's it's right. a little it's a little weird there. Guys. Um, it, it's weird there, but you got 125 guys that you can bang the hell out of each other's heads. Yeah, but like, but you're, I just think a I, I, you're right, you're right. But there, like to have 125 guys and knowing that you don't really need 60 of them gives you a chance to practice. It does scrimmage, unlike an NFL. It, it sure does, and, and and I have zero gripe with Jarvis and Odell sitting because it's the right thing to do, and I think. So, so say you force them in there for two series in the third game, you're still going to need three, four, five games to yeah. get them to where you really want to go. And, and, and again, guys, we were t- we've been telling you for months, we have not seen, since we were little kids, a Browns team with this much talent. However, you still have to develop chemistry, trust, what's your bread and butter play, what's your fake off your yeah. bread and butter play, who's going to be where when yeah. you need it. And you don't do that until you play full speed. And just to let you guys know, sometimes you don't really grow until you fail a little bit and figure things out that way. Yep. Right? Sometimes so, your nose is going to get rubbed in a little bit at times to get better at certain things. To quote, here's my one bit of advice to you guys listening. Whether you're a hardcore Browns fan, whether you're 15-1 and one person, right? Whether you share some skepticism because, frankly, you have PTSD or you just – think maybe a couple of these players aren't as good as they're hyped to be. And, you know, both are legitimate concerns, and, and we'll see. 
My grandfather used to tell me to moderate, right? I know you're going to drink, just yep. moderate. Cleveland, I fear for you, your health on that third game when the weather's still nice and the Browns don't kick off till 825, and I know all you idiots are going to be out there at 10 in the morning thinking you're heroes. But just in general, regardless of how this Sunday goes, moderate. Moderate your drinking, moderate your expectations, and moderate your reactions. Because if the Browns drop a 40-burger on the Titans, and I think they're a little bit capable of that, it doesn't crown them shit. If the Browns lay an egg and the unthinkable happens, guess it just means they're 0-1 like every other year, and there's 15 games left. Thank you for listening to the yep. AZ Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. He's <laughs> keeping it real, though. Um, a season isn't made in a week or a game. Uh, they can beat Tennessee, but Tennessee can beat them, too. Uh, I'm just curious of how they play the linebackers. I'm curious about the rookie linebackers. I think you go. I think Mac is going to change some things. I think he's got an attitude. I don't know him personally. I've watched from afar. I've read from afar. I know a little bit of his background from watching Alabama games. I, that's the stuff I'm curious about. Like, I am curious how they'll – how will they keep Odell happy? How will they keep – I don't – like, I've said all along, I think the receiving core will be fine because, you know, I don't think they'll be bitching and moaning for a while if it comes to that because I think you got a quarterback that spreads it out regardless and you got a quarterback, for better or worse, that doesn't take shit from anybody, um, and that'll be worse down the line. But I just, I just don't see that being a problem. But I am curious, um, you know, how much do you use Land- – Landry is a great slot receiver. He's top five slot receiver in the NFL. The only problem he ran into is Miami didn't want to play a slot receiver, uh, the money to be outside. We did that on a podcast over a year ago. Now that you have Odell, can Higgins play outside? See, these are the things that I'm curious about, that when it gets to the second quarter, third quarter, you know, like I I was talking to somebody about the Michigan offense yesterday, and I was reading on Twitter how people were saying, it was a scout or somebody that said, they were like, you know, Michigan's changed their offense. They've changed the personnel. But it's a mixed bag because you can totally tell that they're just trying stuff out to see who they are. Talking about their game Saturday. I feel like there's going to be a lot of that with the Browns at times, of figuring out what's best for having Chubb. Do you really need a fullback? Do you compliment yourself well enough that you can go three wide and not need a fullback? Or is Chubb a better running back with a fullback, with him kicking out blocking, ISO blocking? Like, there's so much, and I'm not belittling anybody, there's just so much to having a great offense. That it's not Madden when you just go, I've got this guy, I plug him here. Like, to me, I want to see Landry 80% in the slot. I really do. For two reasons. He's a, he will block. He'll come down on safeties and block. He'll block linebackers. He's got a chip on his shoulder. But he also is smart enough to play in the middle of the field. Um, I just, I, I, you know, I, I read somewhere, and I should stop reading this stuff, how by the end of the year, you could, somebody could see Jarvis Landry pushed out not being a number two receiver. Well, he may not have number two receiver stuff, but if you put him in a slot using the right way, you suddenly have a top three wide out and a top three slot guy. That, and Higgins, like I said, there's all questions. You may have some of the answers already. Those are the things I'm curious about over the next three Sundays. Jarvis Landry is a football player. Not how much I have to consume. Jarvis Landry is a football player, and it's real easy to pick out what he's not because he's not Julio Jones, right? And he's not Antonio Brown. But you said it. He blocks. He plays everywhere. He catches almost everything. He plays his ass off. And his numbers probably aren't going to be Jarvis Landry numbers because he set the bar pretty high. Right. Right. Uh, but he's still going to help, and this offense is loaded. And Rashard Higgins has worked himself into being a nice piece. Baker's had a lot to do with that. 
Uh, Rashard's chemistry with Baker's had a lot to do with that. Rashard catching the ball and Baker knowing that he'll almost always catch his had a lot to do with that. He's not half the football player that Baker is. Uh, they get those guys out there. They eventually get a, a right version of Antonio Callaway because they didn't have that in the spring and they and he's not eligible at all to play until October. Um, this pass offense could be real good. I'm going to give you a quick example here. A friend of mine, I'm not going to name any names. Um, he is a hard, hardcore Browns fan. For years, I've had to talk him off the ledge. For years, I've, I've had to say, it's, it's okay, brighter days are ahead. So this morning, I'm up early, Jerry, because it's that time of year. I had some stuff to knock out. Um, he, he works at a school, right. so it's not even 8 a.m. And this is not a friend, this, not a friend that lives around here that I, that I see all the time or talk to uh, every day. But out of nowhere, before 8 a.m., he hits me with this text. He's worried sick. The text reads, 17-14, Titans win. We missed two makeable field goals. Offense looks out of sync because Odell and Landry didn't play all preseason. Criticism of Freddie will start Sunday at 4.30. Camp was too tough. Held out the re- wide receivers too much. I wrote him back three words. Get some sleep. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, though, he's right. Unfortunately, no matter what, at 4.30, there's going to be every every coach east of the Chicago River will, will, you know, will know everything that's wrong with this team. <laughs> Left and right. Uh, or, but it, that's you, you, you've coined it already, though, and that's kind of the, the thing I don't look forward to with this season. Um, it's either the ship or you get the Jordan face, and that's not how seasons are made. That's not how well, right. come about being who they are. That's, that's skipping some steps is the way to say it, right? Um, yeah. And I don't think you do that, and I don't think you will. Um, I feel pretty damn confident telling you guys the Browns are not going to win the Super Bowl this year. That's okay. Uh, beyond that, I don't feel a whole lot confident saying anything other than ruling out the extremes, fourteen and two is out. Two and fourteen's out. It's going to be somewhere in the middle, guys. It's going to be a football right. season. You got a real NFL team with some real NFL talent faces some real challenges that most guys, and specifically as a team, have not faced whatsoever. That's in expectations. That's in schedule. That's in breaking in all these pieces. Right. That's in keeping guys together. Uh, there, there are position groups we've already named one that have chances to be dominant over stretches. The other guys drive nice cars too, right? Um, there are yeah. legitimate concerns about your rookie head coach and your rookie kicker, and and still a young team with guys that haven't done this. Bounces and flags are not going to go your way. That's happened in the past. Stop right now with all the crap about well, last year if we had a kicker would have won two more because as soon as you start saying that. You're discounting the fact all the games you do win when the flag goes the other team's way, right. when the goal line stand goes your way, right? Like, this is the NFL. 70% of the games are going to be three points or less. You just try to keep the ship afloat and keep your guys healthy and figure things out as you go because you're going to have to ride that wave. So moderate, deep breath, and we'll see where this all goes. Stop for one second. Stop for a second. Yep. We're about the 19, about the 18 and a half minute mark of this podcast. Please, anyone that's a fan of A to Z, and I don't say this very often because I hate giving him a compliment, but if you ever are in doubt or you ever about to say something that's really stupid you're going to regret, just pull up this podcast and go to what you just heard from Mr. Jackson <laughs> in moderation. He just, so, he just, he just, he, that's just a, you just ruined like 90% of radio call-in shows for the next two weeks if people use that logic because your logic is real there. Stop with all that other stuff. Now, I will say, I think the rookie kickers is going to lead to a loss this year. But you're right. Looking back 12 months back or nine months back and saying, well, we would have been this or we would have been that. 
that just counts how you got there, and it just counts with the work that each other the team did. And it basically just says, this is who you were and where you were supposed to be. You are what your record is. Yeah. Moderate it. Just because you love a player, just because you love a stripper, does not, and I'm only going by a crazy horse sign, that's why I said <laughs> Just because you love a stripper doesn't mean, does not mean that that's your girlfriend. But that does not mean that's who you're going to be with. You may close your eyes and dream and have these great, gritty, old dreams, but that's not who you're going to be with probably. So you can dream all you want about driving the same car that Odell Beckham Jr. drives, having the same blonde hair that he used to have. Some of y'all probably tried to buy it and put it on top of your own head. Some of y'all that crazy and that deranged to try to do some shit like that. But regardless of that, you're not going to wake up and be Beckham Jr. yourself next year. You're not going to wake up and have Baker's mustache. You need to try to grow it out and think you're as cool as he is. You're not going to have it, and you're going to be looked at as a pedophile if you try to walk around white face <laughs> Mayfield walked around for most of training camp. I love you, Cleveland. I love you, Browns fans. I love our intensity and all our beliefs. But please believe. Listen to what was just said by Mr. Jackson. Moderate, people. Moderate, and we will enjoy this season. So, two, two, two things. <laughs> two things <laughs> off that in, in reverse order. So when Baker shaved the beard and was just rocking the mustache, like at first I thought it was just going to be a couple days, right, because he's, he's a goofy dude. That's what he is, right? So – it got to like the second or third week of still there. And I just, I happened to pass right. him one day, leaving the interview area, headed back to the locker room. So just sat back down at my laptop and I Googled Baker Mayfield mustache, right? And it turns right. out he did this back in 2015, the first year he was actually playing for Oklahoma. And they played right. uh, Oklahoma State, which is the Bedlam game. And we all know Oklahoma State is the Cowboys and they have that goofy cartoon looking yeah. mascot with the big mustache. Well, Baker right, and right. all the quarterbacks grew handlebar mustaches for that week, and they beat Oklahoma State by 35. And after the game, he was asked, what's up with the mustache? And he said, there's a new sheriff in what town. Is... And when I was sitting there yeah, reading that article yeah. going, my God, this guy is simultaneously the best and the worst. That is phenomenal. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And two things. Yes. And, and the other hey. thing you touched on <laughs> about going there but knowing how to keep the brake pedal handy. So – one right. thing I wanted to do today, um, I was driving and I was listening to um, a lot of this talk about a line around the the, the street corner for, for the victory fridges. Like I wanted to just rip people yeah, uh, for, for spending hundreds of dollars on monuments to Owen 16. However, right. <laughs> when I got home on my porch was a box, my first box of books that I just got. And I guess I'm trying to yeah. make some money off on 16 too. So we're at A to Z. We're big on honesty. We're big on calling ourselves out, keeping yeah. it real with you. So I'm, yeah. I'm gonna shut up. If you got a victory fridge, then God bless you. If you got money to burn, um, send it our way. <laughs> you want to know the most unbelievable? Yeah, send it our way. And I, I want one of those books at my house in the next 24 hours so I can read it on my next trip. I mean that. Um, as you were saying that, we got a text. And no names, please. Thanks for this. I'm gonna steal that one. Literally no names here. Can I, I'm going to read this text out loud. This text literally came in as you were saying what you just said. Also, everyone lined up to buy one of those fridges is a fucking loser. I wish I could tweak that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a text from Andre. That's not a text from Zach. But we both got texted that by a friend as Zach was talking about the people that, were, that did that. Uh, I I, this is the best time of the year. You're right. There's no time like this in, in in America. Look at how nuts we all are since football season's here. Um, it, it's uncanny the stupidity of the things we'll do. Some of us put pumpkins on our heads. 
some of us we we uh, we've had we've had uh, it's just unbelievable to me. I'm, I'm actually biting my tongue on something. All right, I want to say, all right, let's do this, Trey. Let's do this because neither one of us have a ton of time here. We've talked about moderation. We've talked about keeping it real. Let's do three reasons for optimism here, right? We'll turn it back up to the positive thought because we got them. Because in the yeah, past, yeah. we wouldn't have got the three, right? No. And then we'll tone it back. We'll talk about our new sponsor and we'll do a little glory days with opening day memories. Okay? Perfect. So let's go three reasons um, for optimism. I'm going to start with number one. Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett's a fucking right, beast. I've been telling you guys, if you yeah. do that, 15 to 1 for D- AP Defensive Player of the Year or the sack title, whatever it's going to be, it's worth a shot. He's in phenomenal shape. He's found himself as a player. They've put guys around him. I don't know how it'll all work out, and, and you know, numbers are numbers, but he just is in position to be a game wrecker. Uh, it starts this week as he's going to be facing off with a backup tackle because Taylor Lewan is suspended. Right. But it's not just about one right. week or one series. It's about the Browns scoring points and putting him in position to unleash and also getting Olivier Vernon to discourage teams from double-teaming him. Uh, 14 is this franchise record. I think that's going to come rather easily. And, and I know that sounds outrageous yeah. and that goes against moderation. But he's going to get that. We'll <laughs> see if he can get to 20. He's really good. Buy stock. That's number one. I think the chances of it going – I totally agree on that. That's the best number one of all time. And I think he gets the record because if the people pass more, he can be moved around. He has the ability to come up the A-gap or in the middle. Uh, I think he's about to become one of the best players in Cleveland Browns history ever. If he stays healthy, and I, think, and I know that's way past moderation, he's that talented, folks. And he plays in a league that plays – as long as he doesn't rip a quarterback's head off, which is possible the way he's built, uh, and get suspended for 10 games. He has the ability to wreck games and wreck offenses, especially because why I'll go with number two. And I don't want to put him number two, but you have to. And that's the quarterback. You have one now. You have a guy. You have a guy that gets people to go there. Um, And Zach's been so good at saying this over and over and over and over again. Um, The reason there's optimism and the reason it starts is when Baker Mayfield walked on that field last year against the Jets and that team went down the field to start going and, and winning games. That changed the, the whole prospect of who that who Cleveland was, who the Browns are, how they went about their business, and the arrogance and cockiness that they could all have. So you guys could stand all the way around the corner and wait for beer for free beer because you were on sixteen. Eventually, you know, you go through the desert, right? And Browns fans, you were stuck in the fucking Sahara for like a decade, right? Eventually, to get right. out, you convinced yourself. You talk about the oasis and you see the water. Well, the flip side of that is you convince yourself that you're not going to go out and you're just going to die in the sun, right? Eventually, there's going to need to be a culture changer, a guy who was not afraid of the past or the future. That's not Baker. He's not perfect as a person or a thrower. And even though I think defenses are going to defend him differently now that they've seen tape, he's just getting started, right? He's smart. He works his ass off. For all that he is and all that he's involved in, football comes first. Most important thing, as I've been saying for a year now, is he appears to be everything that John Dorsey advertised him to be in going forward. He doesn't have to be the best quarterback in the league. He doesn't have to be a world beater. He has to be the best player for the Browns. I think he's a great cultural fit. I think he's a great fit for getting the ball to these guys. I think he knows his own limitations, and I think he's not afraid to rip it deep. And In the summer, he threw it so well. I think the guy has arrived it's not just about this year, right? It's about for the years to come. I think you're set in that spot, and that is number two. And number three, 
Uh, I know Beckham's here. I talked about how much I, I think of Landry. Nick Chubb is a fucking bowling ball. The kid mm-hmm. never says a word, will never be in trouble. I don't want to say he'll never get hurt, but he is not afraid of contact. He knows how to take care of himself. The major injury that he suffered in college, which cost him a year and really allowed you to get him, kept him from coming out at a certain yeah. time and being a top 10 pick is way in the past. He's taken incredible care of himself. He is built for all weather. I don't, again, I don't know the numbers, what they're going to be. I don't care about the numbers because, frankly, A, it's a passing league, and B, you should get a 1,000, right, if you're a pretty good back, and we've seen a lot of guys do it. I think Nick Chubb is going to be a monster, and I think even though the Browns have some things to navigate, I think eventually this guy is going to be a closer and a darn good one and a good player for years to come. Do you agree? I don't disagree, but I got to have an audible. And I was gonna, it's funny because my audible was going to be what you just said, or if this really is going to be successful and this is going to grow into what you need it to be, I got to say Freddie Kitchens is number three. Because no one overcomes and no one becomes a team that they need to be without a true leader at the head coaching spot. Who he is as a head coach, what he is as a head coach, what he stands for, what does he do? What does he do? Does he treat the third linebacker who's late to the plane or late to the meeting the way he treats Beckham the way, when he's late to a meeting or when he's late to a plane? Or do you leave a guy and you make, do you make, you know, how does he, those are things we don't know yet. I can constantly go back and forth and I'll continue saying we don't know the bread and butter plays, but we also just don't know how you're, how you're going to do it the day in and day out. How are you going to react the 15th time Tony Grossi, Zach Jackson, or Mary Kay Cabot ask the same question, but they change four different words? Those are things that over time, it's easy right now, but I've watched it happen. You've watched it happen. And most people listening, you see these things happen right in front of your face, and then you don't realize that this is how the culture becomes the culture. It's easy to have the culture and build a culture in preseason with your preseason practices. Who gets to play? Who doesn't get to play? All those things are pretty simple and pretty easy to figure out and work with. But when things start getting out of the way, you can't control. You can't control who gets hurt, when they get hurt, how they get hurt. You can't control John Dorsey really want, or one of his scouts really wanting to see the second or third guard play. Even though you think he's shit and, you're, and your coach thinks he's shit, you got to find a way to politically get along and politically make everybody play along and think it's everyone's idea rather than the other way around where it looks like you're getting pumped and getting pushed around. These are things that happen in NFL organizations every single day. We don't hear about 85% of why coaches are good or bad. But when they don't take care of some of the little things I'm saying, we hear the 15% of why they're not going to keep their fucking jobs. The other 15% is when they just lose games. Right. So who is Freddie Kitchens? Yes, you're right about Chubb. It's a great thing to be optimistic about. But my mind goes back to this. They, will there be optimism if Freddie Kitchens is the coach that they need him to be? Well, these are valid questions, and Freddie's very much in the spotlight. There's no doubt about it. Dre, I mean, it's easy to forget that he's the fourth full-time head coach for this team since 2013, right? Because it feels like right, he's more like right. Vince Karras taking over for his dad and it's Super Bowl or bust. Yeah, right, like, right, right. Um, yeah, he is in the spotlight. The kicker is in the spotlight. The quarterback is in the spotlight. The quarterback is built for it, and that's the, that's the case on every team. Here, the head coach yep. and some other guys are really, really out there. Um, and, and we can't sit here five days before the first game and tell you Freddie's ready for this or not. We can't. His mentors right. can't. His harshest critics can't. People that just troll him can't. His biggest fans can't. 
right? They can say all is well and all is well. The Browns have a very good vibe. They have a very confident team. I think they have a a group of guys who are authentic and they get along. But they are zero and zero. And things change inside and out, both floors of that organization, as soon as that first L comes. When's it coming? I don't know. It might not come for a couple weeks, right? They're favored this week. They're favored next week. You know, we'll see what happens. I talked about the apocalypse game for Cleveland on September 22nd. We'll see what happens, win or lose right. there, how they handle it. But you're right, Dre. Um, I don't listen in my three reasons for optimism as we sit here and, and move along. But he's very much in the spotlight. I think highly of him as a man. I think he's earned his way here. And we will see what happens because I, I don't know how he's going to handle certain things. And we don't know which things they're going to be that are going to come his way. Um, you, you touched on some right. of them. Those are all valid things. They're all valid concerns. But right now, it's a clean slate, and we'll see. He's just going to be he's going to be ju- he's going to be judged uh, harshly. He's going to be watched closely, and he's got some volatile, volatile personalities in that locker room. Yes, and I marvel at that. And I'll just quickly to, to make a baseball for a second. I know everybody doesn't agree with everything Terry Francona does as a manager. And, and he's probably one of the best baseball managers Cleveland's ever had. I think we agree with that. I think everybody will agree that he's going to the Hall of Fame. Um, and but he was going to the Hall of Fame before he took the Indians' job. And whether we like the outcome or not, what happened in 2016, put him as put him up on the mount. You know, he's up there. He's one of the top four. He he's been unbelievable. And I got to tell you, we don't agree with half the shit he does at the time, do we? You know, whether it's bunting here or whether it's pitching this guy or doing this. But most of us don't have half of the damn story. We don't know why that guy, he's forced to pitch that guy. We don't know why he keeps putting that guy and batting him clean up. We don't know. Like, there's way more to it. And I just know because of how close I am. We don't know why a certain guy gets called up when another guy, or when we all think another guy should get called up. We don't know who the manager or who the head coach really wants. But the great ones, they never let that affect what happens at 1 o'clock, you know, when the kickoff comes or at 1 o'clock from first pitch. They find a way to win despite all of that. Yep. And I've watched one of the best ones up close deal with a lot of stuff that nobody will ever know about. And he's successful. And he I continues to be successful. You know, Dre, I don't cover the Colts, obviously. I cover the Browns. The Colts started 1-5 right. last year. They finished 10-6. and Remember one of those they lost because Reich just outright went for it on fourth down and said, we're going to do this yeah, right here? I do. Yeah. And I think yeah. he gained – without being there every day, right – I think he gained a lot of cachet in that organization and in that locker room by doing that. I think that play where they lost was probably a big reason of them finishing 10-6, and six, right? And I know this about Freddie right. Kitchens, and this goes in the optimism category. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to be too aggressive. The Browns are going to lose a game, at least in part, yep. because they, were too, they threw it too much or they threw it deep too much or they got a little too cute, right? But I don't think, sitting here on September whatever 3rd, that that's going to change him. If it does, there's a problem. But I do think right, a big problem. part of the mix is that he and Baker have a synergy, have a shared mindset. They want to be that. That's why you go get him Adele, Odell. That's why you have the other guys, and we'll see where it goes. And that is exciting for Browns fans. Okay, quick, uh, a couple of announcements. So we are bringing on Cleveland Whiskey as a sponsor. 
Uh, we will talk more about this on the podcast. We will shout them out on Instagram. Uh, it is football season. They are a local, obviously, company that thrives during football season. They want you to bring Cleveland whiskey to your tailgates. They want you to buy it for holidays coming up uh, down the road. We are going to bring back our obscure Browns Player of the Week segment. Cleveland Whiskey is going to sponsor that, and we will talk more about that as we go along because we're not going to do that today. We are going to sort of go there, but we're going to stick with our longtime sponsor, American Fireworks, and do the Glory Day segment. Uh, we know the Browns openers have not gone well. Uh, 1-18-1, which is like an astounding number. There's got to be no other number in sports, the, no other stat yeah. in sports that's 1-18-1, right? Like, it just can't be can't right. be right. Um, so, favorite is probably not, not the word here. Um, Gut-wrenching, no. head-scratching, excruciating. Of all 20 of those, Dre, as we get ready for number 21, what is the one to you that jumps out above the others? It's the hardest question ever because on one hand, I don't want to just answer what everybody already knows. You know, like, like yeah. I'll give you a rundown. I went through my head. I have a Jeff Garcia's dad yelling in the dog pound, Jeff Garcia bringing the team to, to a win. Um, and that was crazy because of who it was against. And we actually met Jeff Garcia made us think that he was a different guy than what he was when we knew better. Uh, as Tio had told us a rat is a rat or however you said that before that. Um, I also have the Charlie Fry game uh, where he was traded 12 hours later, 24 hours. Like, I'll never forget that game. Um, I have another one I'm trying to remember. This is, like, I, 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 was there one against Cincinnati? No. I'm trying to no. remember. No. Um, there might no, have been. Yeah, I wish I, had my, I wish I had my computer in front of me. Cause there's well, the ones that – I just go back and forth on those two. Okay. Well, last year was pretty excruciating, even though they didn't lose, right? Because they forced all those turnovers in the fourth quarter, and they yeah. didn't win. Um, but True. the ones that come to everybody's mind are obviously the Charlie Fry game where they just got completely blown out. D.A. comes in, scores a touch. Vickers is dancing, and D.A. has to come grab him to stop from dancing <laughs> down 41 to fucking 6, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's the one the next year. When the Browns had the hype, and it was a four twenty-five game against the Cowboys, and Braylon's running right down yes. the middle of the field and drops the ball, right, and that yes. that led to Phil Savage's famous is, and true quote about yes. Braylon catches sixteen touchdown passes in 07. We all get extended. Braylon has sixteen drops in 08. We all get fired, right? They paid we Dante Stallworth a lot that of money, was, which was always a mistake, but he got yeah, hurt he in warmups for that game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Part of the reason I remember that game, I went to the Ohio State game the day before with Sarah Shookman. And I had two cell phones at the time, um, two, one for the one for the plug and one for the. <laughs> this is the height. Um, this is the height of Zach Jackson's player life. This was a real. And it lasted just. It lasted, and it lasted as long as Charlie Fry's starting career. This was a real dark time in my life. Um, I drank so much that day. I managed to break both cell phones. I remember using the fucking payphone the next day. <laughs> oh my god, that is embarrassing, man. But. That is embarrassing. And there's obviously – there's last-second field goals and there's a game they lost with zeros on the clock. But I can't get past Brandon Whedon getting stuck under the flag and then going and throwing three interceptions. I can't. Sorry. Uh, American uh, Fireworks glory days. Yeah. <laughs> mine, is, mine is against they – they had the one against New Orleans. Um, right. And that was the one that Braylon dropped the ball going down the middle of the field. The Dallas one is true, too. But he did it against New Orleans, too. 
and the New Orleans one that was just like, well, they scored to Braylon on the first play of that game, and Kevin Schaefer got called for holding. Yes, yes, for holding. That's what it was. Yes, that's what it was. <laughs> Let me tell that's you another story about that game. That? A day or two days after that game, I was with Phil Savage, and we were talking about it, uh-huh. and he told me something I'll never forget. He said, "You know, I really am the GM, and they're the coaches." You know, so obviously we work together, but I do my job, get it, trying to get them the best players, and they do the game plans. He goes, so about one. He goes, I usually get about one bit of input per week. You know, when we meet later in the week, and he goes, and the one thing I told them is just do not kick the ball to Reggie Bush. He is dynamic. It's his first game. It's all he wants to do is break one. He said, so just whatever you do, do not kick the ball to Reggie Bush. And he goes, and I come to the stadium on Sunday, and we score on the first play, and it gets called back, and we come out, and there's Reggie Bush standing on the logo waiting to punt, and we punt the ball right to him. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's Welcome to being a GM, Phil Savage. That's, and that's what I went back, and that's why, and that's a great story, and that's a great way to cap this. But that's why I talk about, and I know you said optimism, and I probably didn't answer the question right. But what you just said in that story tells you why Freddie Kitchens is so damn important. Yes. You can you can have the perfect ingredients, man. You can have the perfect chef. You can have the perfect baker. But if you don't put the mix of ingredients right and use them the right way and properly, you still show up with a bad cake. The they kids have, are back have, in they school. They have all the ingredients. Yep. The kids are back What's in school. That? Football's back. You still got time for outside parties. American Fireworks in Hudson is still open 24-7 at AmericanFireworks.com. Go on their website and get your coupons or go to the store and tell them A to Z sent you. We will try to do another one later in the week. Again, hey, yep. can, I say, yeah, can I say something real quick? Though, sure. Baseball-wise? Yep. Um, our boy, our boy uh, Painesville Pete, said he was looking at Ohio State games in early October because it looks like I won't be busy. Told him that wasn't nice, but I told him to go ahead and check. All right, we'll see you guys later. Kanichiwa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll try to do another one later in the week. Again, this baseball season's still going on for some reason. We're counting down Sunday, one o'clock. Moderate. Kanichiwa. See ya. <laughs>